Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Yo ho ho, welcome to Growing in Grace. At the time of this recording, it's not Christmas time, so I, I don't know why I said ho, ho, ho in there. <laughs> Maybe you're like one I of had those. the yo before the ho, and somehow <laughs> that just sounded cool, Joel. But it's, either way, it's growing in grace, and uh, a ho to you, yo, Joe. Maybe you're uh, like one of those artists that records a Christmas album like in July, and so you got to get in the in the mood for it, and so you just start saying Christmas stuff, even though yes. <laughs> this podcast today has absolutely nothing to do with Christmas or with the yes, birth of Christ or anything like that. We're uh, we're recording in the freezer right now just to get the feel, <laughs> try and get in the mood. Yeah, I think that's kind of funny when they, uh, I, I'm trying to think of who it was. If it was on, on Facebook, I saw, I think it was Tammy Trent getting ready to record a Christmas album. I, I don't know. Somebody I saw was getting ready to do some Christmas stuff, and they were getting all in Christmas gear. It's like the middle of July or whatever, whenever it was a few weeks ago, and just all in the mood for Christmas so they can record a Christmas album. I don't know if that changes how they sing or not, but apparently it does. You know, you would be surprised at what people do to get ready to record a, a project like that, an album of any kind. I remember one uh, contemporary Christian artist say that the recording sessions were so grueling and they had to keep going back and, and re-recording all the time. And when they took breaks, they would go in the other room and eat potato chips. I was, I was just thinking because, of that. I heard Amy Grant yeah. and some others w- would do that. Yeah, I, I've heard it from, from uh, somebody else. I think from First Call was the name of the group. Oh. And they, they would eat these chips because the oil from the chip would help yeah. lubricate their throats. So ever since I heard that... <laughs> Uh, I tend to eat a lot of potato chips. I'm not a singer, but <laughs> yeah. you never know. I want to be ready. So every time you're going to take a shower and you know you're going to be singing, you eat some potato chips first, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, back to what we were talking about last week. By the way, if you missed out on last week's program, we've got really hundreds of past 15-minute programs for you to choose from. Joel has a website called graceroots.org. Just look for the Growing in Grace podcast and we know people who have downloaded all of those programs onto their iPod or something like that. So you can pick and choose. Uh, the newest ones are at the top of the list. We did one last week talking a little bit about shame and, and guilt, too, I guess. And the first thing that popped into my head that we talked quite a bit about when we discussed the, the topic of shame or guilt was that story of Jesus helping out the woman who was caught in the act of adultery who was about to be stoned to death because the law demanded that she be stoned for being caught in such an act. And, you know, I was talking last week, Joel, about how the, the Pharisees and even legalists today, how they're concerned that this free message of good news that Jesus preached and Paul taught, that uh, the people are afraid that it would just cause people to want to go out and, and live the wrong way because there was too much freedom, too much forgiveness, you know, too much love, all that. And yet, if they were worried about that, Here's a woman who is about to be stoned to death. <laughs> so hmm. My question is, if they were about to stone her instead of giving her the message of the good news, well, one thing's for sure. If they had gone through with that act of stoning, she sure wouldn't have been sinning again. I, I guess their <laughs> message true. does stop people from <laughs> sinning because they're not around to do it anymore. 
You ever thought about that? That is something I've never thought about before, but it's a very good point because, yeah, as we've talked about before, dead people can't sin. <laughs> but we, yeah. we, we we talked about it from a different point of view <laughs> about us having died uh, to the old nature. But, but, uh, but yeah, that's true. I mean, and, and I think uh, I can tag off of you with that, just, just knowing that the law had one way of dealing with things. And in the end, it was death. You know, the, the ministry of the law. The law was the ministry of death. And the law was the ministry of condemnation. That's all that the law could do was, was to kill a person, to bring guilt, to bring shame and condemnation, and to make a person dead, whether we're talking in a physical sense or spiritual. It could do nothing to make a person alive. It could do nothing to bring life. Let's just say that... Uh, they had stoned the woman, and for some reason she remained alive. Still, the real problem of sin wasn't taken care of. The real problem, even with them throwing those stones, whether she died or not, the real problem wasn't taken care of because the only way that sin could ever really be taken care of and, and taken away was by the blood of Jesus. The New Testament talks about this over and over again, about how it's through Jesus' blood that sin has been taken away. There was no other way that sin could be taken away. And then when we uh, understand that it was the blood of Jesus that took sin away, we look into it a little bit deeper, and we see that the blood of Jesus was completely sufficient, uh, which is really redundant because the word sufficient is sufficient in and of itself. But I like to you, know, you like to stress that point. The blood of Jesus completely, utterly, sufficiently, no doubts about it, took sin away, and it's took it away completely. And so our sin, our guilt, our shame has been taken away in a way that the law could never have done. Yeah. You know, we talk, too, about uh, in, in this life, in this world, if, if somebody gets thrown in jail for a, uh, a crime that they have to serve years of their sentence or however long it is, when they get out of jail, when they've supposedly, as we might say, uh, paid their debt, they still have a blot on their record. Their, mm. their record doesn't go away. It, mm. it is still recorded that they committed this crime. From a spiritual perspective, the so-called sins or crimes that you and I have committed, there is no record of them anymore. Right. It, it, it's been wiped out. It, it's blotted out. Joel, I saw on the news the other day, and it broke my heart, because I always thought this would be one of the worst things a person could go through in life. It would just be a nightmare. And that is being put in jail... For most of your life, or at least the better part of it, for a crime you did not commit. Mm -hmm. Now, a DNA test showed that this particular man uh, did not commit the crime some 20, 25 years ago. Wow. That's how much time he spent in jail over, you know, well over half his life that he spent there. Can you imagine being just walking down a sidewalk? A girl gets raped or murdered not far away, and, and you're the one that's nabbed, and, and an eyewitness thinks they saw you, and it wasn't you. And so the DNA, the, the DNA test proved that it, that it wasn't him. Uh, I don't know why it took so long. Yeah, but, really. Um, it, it's kind of like that with you and me. We were accused of, of crimes, and when they went to check our the, the DNA test, they found out that it was Jesus' DNA at the crime mm -hmm. scene, not yours, not mine. It was his. Mm -hmm. and, and so where do our sins go? We've talked a lot in the last couple of programs about uh, our sins being taken away. Remember, John the Baptist, here comes the Lamb of God, takes away the sin of the world. The Lamb of God takes away the sin. Where do they go? Well, you know, under the Old Covenant, and I'm not an expert on this, 
It'd be nice to talk to a, a Jewish Christian sometime who's really studied this, Joel. Mm-hmm. But we, we do know that when they would sacrifice an animal to cover their sin under the Old Covenant, they would part, part of the ceremony involved confession of the sin onto the animal. And, and so there, there's the blood was shed, the lamb was, was slain, and the sins confessed onto the, the innocent animal and taken off of you, so to speak. And so they were, they were covered but not taken away. So where do they go? Well, I think of a couple of verses that come to mind where God said that there would come a time where he would take our sins and throw them as far as the east is from the west. Mm -hmm. Well, of course, if you go east and keep going east, you will never be going west. And the same thing the other way around. If you start heading west, you'll always be going west no matter how far you go. Mm -hmm. As far as the east is from the the west, they never intersect. And and God also mentioned the sea of forgetfulness, Mm -hmm. casting your sins there. Uh, so forgiven, yes. Uh, forgotten, yes. And also taken away. And, and, and apparently somehow placed into nothingness. They, they just aren't there. They poof, they're gone. They're gone. Disappeared, oh, uh, never to be brought up again. Because indeed, whatever the reality is, uh, you know, th- those uh, things are symbolic that, that as far as the East is from the West, but it's, it's symbolic of the truth that, that they're gone. They're just they're, They can never be brought up again. And I'm reminded of a passage that we bring up quite often here. And I think it's a good one from Colossians two. how, um, when we were, it says, when you were dead in your sins, you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of, of your sinful nature, in the, un, in the uncircumcision of who we were in Adam. We were dead, you know. We were dead to God, dead to Christ and everything. When we were that way, God, instead, he made us alive together with him, having forgiven us all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, I think the NIV says, having canceled the written code, having wiped out that handwriting of requirements, the law that was against us and was contrary to us. He has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. The uh, the record, I mean, the thing, the record book, the, the thing that held the record of our transgressions, uh, the thing that told us all the things that were wrong that we did, the thing that uh, kept us in guilt, and in shame and in condemnation in condemnation and in death has been wiped out has been canceled has has been taken out of the way and as paul says here it was nailed to the cross so there is no record of your wrongs there is nothing that can hold you guilty any longer because even that has been taken out of the way and nailed to the cross and now You've been made a new creation. You've been you literally the person who you are has literally been made a new creation with that record, that law no longer standing against us. It, it has no power to hold us guilty any longer. And in fact, we've been made alive with Christ, and that's where our real life is. That's where our freedom is, and that's where all the sin and, sh- and shame and guilt has been completely taken away. Yeah, and you might be thinking, guys, you don't know what I've done. You you might be saying right now, uh, because you you wrestle with stuff from your past, and I, I think it it would be fair to say that that most of us probably do at least at one time or another things, little ghosts that come up from time to time, things you wish you hadn't done. We're just here to let you know that uh, move forward, put those things which are behind you behind you, 
and and move ahead, move forward. You know, you might be thinking, ah, you just don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've done, and and I don't know what you've done. And everybody has regrets, but you don't have to wallow around in that anymore. In fact, uh, I, I'm I'm hesitant to say this, but if you're still wrestling whether God has forgiven you or not, then there, there's an element of unbelief there that that you just you need to get that out. You, we need to get this out of the way because this will hinder you from being able to walk into the freedom which God intended for you to walk in. Mm-hmm. You are so loved. And God has taken care of whatever has to be taken care of. You weren't able to do it. That's why He had to die in our place. Yeah, and I, I and I think in in most or all cases of uh, of what you're talking about there, it's not an unbelief uh, that means that you're you're not saved or or that you've not been made righteous. It's 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 just uh, that doubt or that lack of fully appropriating what the blood of Jesus has really done. And so that's that's one reason we do this program. That's that's one reason why we want to keep on proclaiming the good news because talking this stuff out and listening and, and hearing and reading and, and all that stuff about the good news can really help a person to believe the truth of what has already happened to them in the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, Cap, I'm sure we got more to say on this because uh, in one sense we're just getting started, but I think we'll take another program on on the whole idea of, of being free from guilt and condemnation. So more on that next week here on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various Internet sources around the world each week. Access hundreds of past programs. Visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.